Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. All right, folks. All right. We have with us John J. Singleton. Uh, we're going to do the strategic life broadcast uh, over. First of all, it was going to be privately on Zoom. And we're like, you know, you know, I was like, you know what the heck with this? Let's go live on StreamYard. And then all of a sudden StreamYard's given us all sorts of technical issues that I can't even figure out what the heck it is. And this is what happens when I don't have El Cuco with me. When CJ's not around. Oh, my God. I'm like, a, uh, oh my God. I'm like uh, Captain Kirk trying to figure out how the engine room and the Starship Enterprise works, and I'm hitting all the wrong buttons. It's, it's terrible. It's what happens. But anyway, we're back to Zoom, and we're here. Uh, all you are listening in. This is pretty cool because in the sense that you guys could ask us some questions. Uh, we'll probably have some more people uh, uh, joining as the broadcast uh, goes forward. And with that being said, John, what's up, buddy? How are you? What's going on? Well, very good, V. Thanks. Uh, I just want to start off with my John McAfee impersonation. I love it. Listen, everybody. The soul. There is no privacy. They know everything. Yep. Exactly correct. Exactly correct. And I think the most, you know, it's pretty interesting, man. I, you know, I'm in the process of creating um, an offshore company with that entails privacy and, and, and wealth management and, and all that and make it accessible for somebody with, with, uh, with, you know, next to nothing to somebody with, with, mm -hmm. with significant amounts. So even in the playing field, and, you know, I always believe in selling to the masses and um, I've got more people coming in. And it's so important because privacy is going to be at, at, a, at a premium and premium is, 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 is the privacy. It's, it's what we have. So based on that theme with, uh, with, um, um, you know, with, um, you know, McAfee and all the things that have happened with him, where do you want to begin, man? Well, we were talking about last time, let's, let's talk about, doing something instead of sitting back and buying cryptos and waiting yeah come up with a plan and make some cash flow i mean sure we could talk about privacy if you want but uh we were going to talk about that um one service i had shown you yeah and give people some ideas on creating a distributorship yeah okay okay, okay. let's let's talk about the solutions man let's talk about those solutions let's dive into it the strategic life strategic I mean, life yeah, I mean, because look, there's all kinds of garbage going on. But what do you do? C complain, cry, hide. Uh, you know, I've talked to so many people and they're like, let's run. Let's go to another country. We have to go to another country. And every time I, they tell me this and I say, how many, how much you want to bet? I can find 10 people in that country that you want to go to that want to come to where you are. Yeah. So you're just running around like a chicken with your head cut off. So uh, why not just do something? Go do something productive. Yeah, you can get rich on cryptos, but you still need to manage that asset. And why not learn how to do something that creates cash flow? Yeah. Like, you know, the strategic life. I mean, you, you and I probably would never exist. In fact, we probably are unemployable. Would you say, V? Like 100%. For, yeah, we couldn't, we couldn't get hired no. if we applied for a job somewhere. No. Nobody would want us. Nobody would want us, man. I'm glad about that. So, so let's do something. And so my, my first thought is I want to share this with the audience. Um, and I had mentioned this to you before, V 
you know, and you know how V and I, we rehearsed these calls. I mean, word for word, right? We just scripted it all out, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, we just shoot from the hip. We shoot from the hip. And that, that's <laughs> the thing with, uh, with John and myself. We shoot from the hip and want to give people solutions. A lot of people are doing things wrong, man. You know, this morning I was on a call, international call, young gentleman from Vietnam, uh, crypto trader, big problem. Right. He deals out of a banking with in Singapore. He has, you know, several tens of millions of dollars in crypto that he wants to move around. We can't do it. Why? Banking is an issue. And, and, and the reason why I bring him up, folks, this is somebody who's managing maybe anywhere between 27 and 50 million dollars that he wants to do per month, John, per month. He wants to do oh, about okay. 27 million dollars a month. And the problem he has is the bank that he's dealing with in Singapore. It's a major Singaporean bank is limiting his company only 500000 per month in order to move capital. And for somebody who's a trader, 500000 doesn't create any sort of volume. That's, that's, no. that's a net negative right there for a trader. So, yeah. yeah. So I brought that up as an example because it doesn't matter. Now, you know, it doesn't matter how much your net worth is, all right, or how low your net worth is. It doesn't matter. You have to learn, and I think we could start here, John, how to bank correctly, how to set up a proper bank account. And then from there, we can go into solutions. We're talking about the distributorships you talked about and creating positive cash flow. Because let's be honest here, we're in a bubble economy. We're in a bubble economy. This bubble is going to ride next three, four, five years. You might as well profit from it. You know, you might as well profit from it. So, John, let's take it from there. Let's talk about banking and how, how that, that's important and why so many people do it wrong. Well, what if this guy just bought the bank? I mean, either that or or get his own charter. He can get a banking license somewhere. It's already established. It already has relationships with other banks. That yeah. should be able to free him up, I think. Possibly. Possibly. If he has enough voting shares on the board, they're just mm -hmm. screwing with people. I mean, there's no legitimate reason to choke his cash flow down like that. Yep. I don't think most of us have that problem, though. <laughs> but it just demonstrates, you know, what's going on. And people ask me a lot about, okay, what if I wire money and so forth? And I just think you're going to run into these types of problems. And I think you need to use cryptos for what they're designed to do. You know, they're Capital. designed to get around this stuff. Yep. I mean, I know you. there's that bridge. You've got to get into cryptos. You, you know, if you're doing something to generate cash, you, but still, that should be your model. Exactly um, correct. Yeah, I don't know. John, typical person, right? What's the best way for the average American, not only just talking about setting up a bank account, but what does he need to set it up correctly where he doesn't have to worry about, number one, somebody coming in trying to sue him or uh, a jurisdictional governmental or state or local agency that's trying to put a levy on him? What is the well, best I way? I don't use this language most, most of the time, but really you need a conduit between yourself and the third party in the bank or the exchange. And the conduit is a person that the bank will recognize and uh, will allow it to be the account holder. So it can be a company basically, or a trust. Yep. And that allows you to change your relationship to the property that's held in that account. So you can divest yourself of all the interest and still control it, which is what I prefer. Uh, you can do it in many different ways. And that way, the asset in the account is not connected to your whatever personal liability you would, would, would come across. The only restriction is that you're still interacting with the bank, but nonetheless, you have a conduit now. So you're not liable and then everything else in your life is not tied to that same thing. Yeah. So at least you can separate that out. And if it's an institution or an LLC or a trust, you know, let's call those institutions. Um, those can, those have more latitude. And I know this, like this example you just gave, you may run into those things, but you're much easier 
to deal with. It's much easier if you have a company and a conduit, let's call it, uh, because the banks understand what that is and they don't blink when the company is receiving $30 million a day or a month or what, whatever. I mean, once it's, once it's established like that, you shouldn't have a problem. Exactly. Exactly. Correct. With that being said, man, you know, we'll go and folks, if you have any questions on how to set it up properly and correctly, you could reach John, the, I was going to say the links in the description box, but the, uh, his, uh, I'll give out his email, uh, when this is uploaded to YouTube, which we will, and I'll, the links will be in the description box, but his, uh, email is singleton press at proton mail, singleton press at proton mail. All right. That being said, and also guys, the prior episodes that we've done, I believe it's on the privacy fight channel, John, where we talk about strategic life, the, the, right. the older strategic life seminars are over at the privacy fight YouTube channel. You can go there. We get into details on how to set up a company, how to set up LLCs, how to bank using that. In other words, you know, it's the philosophy that I keep saying all the time. You got to be like David Rockefeller, own nothing on paper, but control everything. You do an asset search on me. I have Jack diddly squat, Jack diddly squat. Okay. And that's how you want it. That's how every single one of you want it. Because here's the deal. You are right now in the state of play. You are your number one competitor is the federal government. Your number one competitor is the yeah. state and local government. Why? Because they are competing for the same type of resource allocations that you are. Okay. And our game, the mindset that you need to have is to take advantage of the phony, fictitious, phony, baloney, bubble economy that's phantom mm -hmm. wealth and put it into real wealth, whether it's gold, silver, cryptos, land, whatever it is, if you have uh, the ability to hold it and you don't want to put a damn thing in your name, not a damn thing, okay? And, and the prior um, strategic life seminars that we've done on privacy fight, we get into a lot of detail with that. We're not going to waste time here. Today is about opportunities and how to create opportunities. So with that being said, John, I yield the floor to you. Let's talk about some Thank of these you. opportunities and how to create. Thank it. you. I'm going to, I'm going to throw four things at you guys. And then I'm going to give you some examples. The four things are this, where before you thought going into the stock market was a good idea because you thought there was a market or whatever 401k, you think that's an investment, things like that. Going forward, you might be having the heavy into cryptos or whatever, a cash flow, and you want to reinvest. What the heck do you do in this type of type of economy when they're shutting down commercial real estate and small businesses and things like this? Um, there are four categories of assets that you want to look into. And from these four categories, I mean, you can have thousands and thousands of opportunities. One of them is um, private equity. Private equity just means there's a guy that owns a restaurant and you go and meet with them and say, hey, can I buy a third of your restaurant? Okay, that's private equity. You can do it through a broker, a merger and acquisition specialist. Okay, there's other one called um, real assets. Okay, there's a category of assets you can get into that are in, under the category of real assets, like a railroad, you know, infrastructure, things like that. Um, I'm not even saying commodities. I'm just saying real assets that you can look around and find out what that is. Also real estate, but be careful because commercial real estate is under attack. I think we're going to see a lot of commercial retail spaces plowed under, demolished and returned to nature. Yeah, I think you're going to. It's happening in New York is City, it, man. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Well, Fifth gosh. Avenue is still boarded up. A lot of the stores are, remained <sighs> empty. A lot of the stores that went out of business, they're not coming back. And these are yeah. luxury high-end retailers, man. I'm talking about Hermes. Yeah. Cartier, um, uh, you saw Louis Reggie's uh, expose on that, right? Yeah, huh? You saw Reggie's expose on that where he went no, walked down the street, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah, yeah, it's terrible. I mean, he's right there on the street, so <laughs> yes. And the other one, the fourth one, would be uh, private credit, which I'm not too knowledgeable of, but anyways, you have these four categories you got real estate, private equity, uh, real assets, and private credit. Okay, those four things are unlimited assets you can get into, they're going to be around, they've been around for centuries, they'll be around for centuries, but again. 
be, be careful, understand that there's an attack on, you know, small business owners and things like that. Um, I wanted to just share this with you. Now, I'm not prepared to go into detail on this part, but I, I do, I did bring something that I, I showed you before V, but my son has just got involved with this thing. And it's, a, I'm just going to, this sounds crazy, but it's a bunch of kids. Okay. Mm. And my son says, Hey dad, can I get into this? And, and I want to do it to, I want to learn how to get into a business and he's 17 and he wants to make his own money. Right. So, and I've been encouraging him to do that for a couple of years now. So I look into it. It costs some money to join and all this stuff. What I find out is there's these kids and they're like 22 years old to 28 years old. Mm -hmm. I'm not exaggerating. And these guys are making a hundred thousand dollars a month to a million dollars a month. And what they're doing is a traditional marketing type of service. They're identifying people, businesses that need marketing and they're going out there and they're delivering a marketing service of whatever, like custom made, whatever it is to that business. Wow. These are kids that are multimillionaires. And I can tell by, by listening to them and I've talked I've spoken with some of them. They didn't even learn this in school at all. They just figured it out. Figured it out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, the guy who's promoting it doesn't even care. He, he's charging people two grand to learn. And I'm thinking, man, that is worth a, a million dollar college education if you could pay that. No, we much. need to have him on. We got to have him on for I'm a strategic just, I'm life. I'm just thinking. I mean, we really should because this is just a great example of kids doing this and in this market. And they don't have a clue. Like, they don't have any knowledge like B and I have. No, they, they don't that, have the. Way, exactly. Yeah, that's way more money than I've ever made. I mean, a million bucks a month? I've never yeah. done that. So, Jeez. anyways. But I did want to share this thing with you. Now, I was looking for a service. Next year, I'm going to be hiking the Appalachian Trail. So I may be gone or intermittently, you know, out on the trail from Georgia to Maine. Okay? Are you serious? You're going to do you know that runs right through New York. It does. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> I, I didn't live too far from the Appalachian Trail in New York. I was in the Hudson uh, Valley. So that's crazy. Okay. I would see hikers, man, all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm well. driving through the Palisades Parkway and you because you, you, it r- cuts right through Bear Mountain in New York. Okay. And um, so that's why you're actually going to do that. You madman. I am a madman. You are yes, a madman. <laughs> oh my I'm, God. I'm actually learning how to tie knots and crap like that. So anyways, so one of the things I'm thinking is I would like to have supplies sent to me along the route. And I was looking for a service and I, I ran into this service here what, that I'm going to show you guys. And if you want, I can do a screen share. I can just talk about it. Yeah. You guys can, it. Okay. Um, so anyways, I, this is not a service that I would use for hiking. I'm just saying, I just ran into it and I, and I started looking at it like, this is kind of cool. So let me just do a screen share here. Uh, if I can do that, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, it should be in the bottom, there's a okay. share screen. All right, hang on. I made you a co-host, you should be able to do that. Yeah. Okay, share screen, uh, here we are. There you go, look at that. Okay, this is a, a monthly subscription type service. And this is for guys, you can just tell. It's guy stuff, right? What these guys do is for 45 bucks a month or so, they send products like you're seeing here. No way. Guys. And and check this out though. The products they're sending are like top quality stuff that's probably worth three to four times more than what you're paying per month. You pay per month, you don't pay more. There's no per diem per item thing. You just pay so much per month and you get this stuff and they decide what it's going to be. So to start out with as a membership that you, they ask you stuff like, what are your clothing sizes and what, what kind of things, what hobbies do you have? You know, what do you do for fun? Uh, what's your profession? And so they decide what you might like that month <laughs> and they just send this stuff to you. That's incredible. I mean, I'm looking at this page right here. I see the Badger hair brush. I see the Bellroy wallet, which is top notch. 
Yeah. A straight edge razor, which if you haven't shaved with a straight edge razor or a safety razor right there, you haven't really shaved. Yep. But man, that's incredible. So anyways, it looks kind of cool, right? So you can check it out. I'm not, I'm not trying to promote these guys. I, pff, and, I and we don't make any money off of this either, no, folks. So, I, you know, full disclosure. I just am an entrepreneur like V, and we just really appreciate when someone did something really creative. So there's other companies that do this. I just ran into these guys first. I mean, check this stuff out. It's kind of cool. So wow. the way this works, if you start looking at the types of products they're sending you for 45 bucks a month, and they're sending you a box of them, not just one oh, item. Man. Sometimes it's one item. But anyways, I'm thinking that it's costing them like $200 to send you a box that they're getting $45 for, but they must be getting money from the product manufacturers. They're getting free items, which we call money. Yeah. They're getting the item to promote the product. So it's like a way to advertise for a product. And this company, which is bespokepost.com, uh, is collecting your demographic information for marketing purposes. So they've got money on both ends. They've got their supplier, and they've also got your data that they can sell to other marketers and other you know, services. John, in the era of drop shipping, where all the stuff is like, decentralized pretty much, like I, I mean, mm -hmm. I remember years ago trying to come out with when Rogue News was Rogue Money. And I was trying to yep. come up with T-shirts. I had to like order a thousand T-shirts, a couple hundred T-shirts up front. Yeah, that's all democratized now. Where now you got like vendors. Hey, just tell us what you want. We'll slap your label on it. They set up the store. They set up the storefront. You're just the guy who just the middleman promoting it. How? So with that being said, as an example, how you 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 think it's possible for somebody to set up a, their own drop ship? I'm I'm sure it is because oh, a lot of these companies are so using. Easy. Middle manufacturers oh, yeah. and whatnot, and you know, uh, other distribution companies set it up. It should be pretty easy to set up a storefront for something like this or some sort of subscription. It is. Get you just get a website or use Etsy or Shopify or I wouldn't even use uh, I wouldn't even use uh, e eBay or um, uh, Amazon. I mean, unless yeah. you're high volume, right? Right. Uh, and yeah, it's so very simple. Like if I if I go to a supplier, I would use like um, these the um, who is the I can't think of the name now. It's like the monopoly of Everything from China. Oh, Alibaba? Alibaba. Yeah. So there's Alibaba Express and Alibaba. If you look for a supplier, you're going to run into Alibaba. And, I, and, and these guys are selling adrenochrome, so I really don't like to you know, buy stuff from them. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. It, just let's talk business here, okay? So they, they can get you the product you need. So let's say T-shirts or whatever attire you want. Now, if you go to the supplier, they'll give you whatever number, the 200 suppliers. You know, Take your pick somewhere in Taiwan, China, Vietnam, doesn't matter. And you can just design and order the thing you're going to sell to someone in the States, let's just say, or Australia, wherever. And a lot of times these guys that are manufacturing this will say, you need to order like 300 a month, 300 items or 300 cases or something like that. And you just tell them the way you work this is you simply, um, oh, somebody's waiting to join. Yep. Okay. Uh, the way you um, do it is you negotiate a, a price and you say, look, I don't, I don't want 300 items. I don't want to commit to a monthly thing. I just need 12. I need one case. And they're going to say, we don't want to talk to you. So then you go to the next one and you find a supplier that will sell you a case of the thing because you don't need a lot of inventory because you don't know if your item is going to sell. In fact, it's much better to tell your customer that you're on back order, which I've done before. That's called bootstrapping. You start with nothing and you wait till the order comes in and then you start filling them. <laughs> And you rely on your supplier to be ready and don't pay them anything until the order comes in and then you front it with a few hundred bucks. And so you can get an order in, even if you pay retail for the product and then you get it in and you ship it to the customer. And what will happen is you'll run in the red for a while and you'll get to test out the market. So I think it's far cheaper to do it that way or more cost-effective to see what your market is 
or how to tweak it. And then when you start seeing you dial into the market, then you make a commitment to buy, you know, 30 cases a month or something like that. But yeah, that, that, that's how you generate cash flow. Yeah, no, look around and see what's being sold. Yeah, exactly correct. Exactly yeah. correct. That's one aspect of it. Um, it's finding those niche ideas, like this whole thing that we just saw with bespoke post, right? That's the, that's the first thing. But but also those young guys, those young kids who were able to find a, a market niche and then exploit it to the umpteenth level and leverage that for their benefit. That's a huge thing. Uh, what are the things that you've seen that, that are out there, John, that people could really get involved in and how to get that going? Let me give an example of a, of a particular model. Um, if I take a 3D printer that can make, let's say I can download images of things, items, like I can print stroller wheels or baby toys or replacement parts for things, maybe even replacement parts for cars. Maybe I'm printing plastic objects that'll replace metal objects like tools. And I can find a niche market for whatever it is I'm doing. In fact, I could probably use a 3D printer and sell products to a mechanic shop. I could probably replace a lot of their implements that they need with my 3D printer. So I, I could take that business model. I could identify a demographic, like who my customer is going to be. I could figure out how my supply is going to come in, like my, um, my filament or whatever you want to call it, the plastic uh, thing that they use to make the product. And all those materials and a list of suppliers and, and whatever. And I can create a business model and let's call it a business plan. And I can be the one that has the exclusive right to put that all together. This is the important part. You want to have exclusivity over all the things that make this new model that you just put together on a piece of paper, make it work. And then you sell that as a distributorship and you sell it many times over. So you're not getting involved with state regulations and franchise fees, yeah. but you're selling a distributorship and then you can outline your different markets and you could sell one business idea without even running the business. You can sell it hundreds of times. And I can give you an example um, back in the nineties or late nineties, there was a, a guy who graduated um, and from dental school in Florida. And he created, uh, it was like Coast Dental or something like that. I forget what it's called, East Coast Dental or something like that. He never practiced dentistry at all. He only created the clinic and sold hundreds of them all over Florida. Bingo. He was a multimillionaire in a few years. Yeah. <laughs> so th there's no reason why you can't make money. And I don't care what is going on. I mean, these kids are making so much money uh, and they're always going to do well because of how they're thinking. I'm listening to these guys on the call. It's like, it's like they're 50 years old, but they're 22. I'm like, mm -hmm. where, where the heck did they get this thinking, this knowledge? Experience, exploitation. They're, they're exploiting yeah. the, the loopholes. They're, they're exploiting the market need and they're hungry. Yeah. They're willing to night. Yeah. They're not going to sit around and be like, hey, I just lost my job. Or maybe I'll put in like, like three or four applications today at Walmart, Home Depot, Lowe's and, and, and the local Chili's. No. These guys, they yeah. lost their job and they're like, you know what? F it. I'm going to figure out how to make money. Look, I, John, I remember when I got let go from uh, RBS, Royal Bank of Scotland, uh, RBS mm -hmm. North America, and I was a commercial banker for them. And I, you know, dealing with the business end of things and, you know, dealing with high cash flow and all that other stuff and credit markets. And when I left, I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done working for, for corporate America. And I could have been like, you know what? I can go get a job at JP Morgan or, or I can mm -hmm. see if I get a, a job at Merrill uh, or, or, you know, go back to work for my old commodity hangouts. You know, mm -hmm. I was like, no, I'm done. Right. I'm done. I'm going to, you know, I, I was just married at that time at a kid on the way. I'm just like, you know, I'm done. I'm totally done. I'm, I, I, I'm done with corporate America. I'm, I'm going to make myself unemployable. And yeah. I just went out and did it. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and sometimes when you align yourself with, with this resolve that you're going to go out there and you're going to do something, you're going to find that niche and you believe in it wholeheartedly. Belief is a very mm -hmm. powerful thing, folks. 
you have the universe itself kind of realigns to make it happen. Yeah, you know? It does. Yep. It sure does. Yeah. And so there's really there's really no excuse. And in, a, in an economy that's struggling or that's difficult, um, businesses will put more money into marketing. I mean, that's like 101 small business. They're told that by their consultants. It's so, a huge market for marketing, folks. A yeah. huge market. Sales makes the most money. People think doctors and lawyers do, but they yeah, actually sales. don't. And, you know, what's really cool about these kids, and I really, I, you know, I, if I had prepared, I, I just wanted to show you guys the bespoke thing. But, and, and the whole idea, I want you to, you know, see this about uh, distributorships. But we, we can talk about, we could get these guys on, man. This is yeah. crazy. You guys we, won't we believe it. We need to get I mean. them on. We need to get them yeah. on. Definitely. But, but like, uh, yeah, they, they, they didn't just create like a, a Ford Model T type product and have an assembly line and hire employees and then, you know, make, create jobs. They didn't do that. They're distributing this business plan to people who want to be entrepreneurs and they're helping people to be as rich as they are. That's amazing. That's really amazing. That, that's how you create the cash flow. That's how you create the net worth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I just want to share that. And uh, so, you know, you, you can get the technical things down about opening a bank account and all that baby stuff. I mean, oh my gosh, you, that's easy. You just set yeah. up a company at a, at a bank account. I mean, design it however you want. And the real trick is, what kind of asset are you going to get into? I mean, I don't care if you're, you have a new net worth of $10 million or you're just starting out and you have a thousand bucks to spend the skills in doing what we just described here. Okay. Those are going to be needed no matter what you're doing. Yeah. If you're buying a hotel or, uh, you know, uh, getting into an MLM program with 10, with a grand, you know, exactly. Correct. John, what are some of the resources that people could utilize that, that they don't know about? Okay. A lot of people get stuck. They're like, you know what, uh, what do I do? How do I get capital? What, what, you know, how do, how do I, how do I buy stuff or, or invest into businesses? And I don't have like 10, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 lying around. Okay. Um, gosh, there's, okay. We had to, I'm talking about with my son here. We had to, they're showing him how to identify and find uh, prospects in his whatever market. He has to figure out what niche market he's going to get into. So I showed him how to do it through the NAICS database, which used mm. to be called the SIT code database, right? Yep. So you can, by SIT codes, you can identify types of businesses and industries and then dial it into a specific type of business. And then you can look and see if that market is in demand enough, if those suppliers as retailers are in demand or whatever. So that's one resource. Um, you don't always need, money. In fact, over the last 30 years, I've specialized in bootstrapping, which means starting with nothing, which I don't know, it's kind of hard to do. I mean, maybe I would have done better if I had got, had received some sort of capital, like, you know, hundred grand or something like that. But I like bootstrapping because I can start with $50 or nothing. And what I'm using is either I'm going to use my own money, maybe it's a credit card, or I'm going to use another person's resources. And I'm going to bring something to that person. Like he's going to get something out of, out of our deal. Right. Yeah. And, and that way, that gets you the leverage you need to then create some cash flow and then you can build something from it. There's always that. I mean, even, even with a restaurant or for example, you can even start up a website. I mean, if you want to sit here and tediously build a website and then go to a retailer and, and offer the retailer, Hey, can I partner with you and bring some traffic that I can create from my website? Can I bring them into your shop? And if I do that, can I put my product on your shelf? You know? So that's an idea of you don't need money for funding. You just need resources. Yeah. And I think it was Tony Robbins who always was, he, he always says this, he said, it's not lack of resources that stops a person, it's lack of resourcefulness. Yeah, that's exactly right. You got to think it through. A lot of people come to me and they want business credit. And then I say, what do you want that for? They don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I want business credit. <laughs> or they, or they folks, want it. 
Yeah. <laughs> they wanted to buy a boat. I'm like, why? Why? You know, why would you do you that? Know, the worst investment ever. You know, <laughs> and folks, there are hacks that John and I did. You know, we we've done this before. We've mentioned it before in the prior strategic life classes that we did. Folks, let me explain something about the credit game and credit markets and stuff like that. Credit files are easily built. You could add, like, if you have a business account, we could do things where we could literally, like, for instance, you 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 start a corporation, you get an LLC. We could put lines of credit on there. We could put, you know, hey, you've had X amount of lines of credit for X amount of months, this, that, and the other. We can make a, you could build an LLC to make it as look as be, as best as possible, increase yeah. their Dun and Bradstreet scores, your paid X scores and whatnot. But once we do all that, what do you do? You know, you don't want to get a business credit like what John says, go, go to go buy a boat. Oh, I'm going to get a luxury car. Why the hell would you do that? No. <laughs> buy assets. Buy right. assets. You know, buy the asset. If you want a boat, buy the asset first. Yeah. Go buy a dry cleaner, buy a seven, buy two car washes. John, how do people find businesses for sale? What do you, what, what do you utilize? Well, what, what do you the, find is the best the, way to find the, uh, businesses that are available for sale that okay. people could take over? Yeah. If you're just starting out, um, in fact, if you, a good use of your time is to go to a broker, a business broker, a business broker. And I would recommend someone in the market, like the geographic market where you want to be, if you want to buy a brick and mortar, or, or you can do a website. There are business brokers for websites only. So and have those uh, brokers send you deals. So John, you just mentioned it. And I would love for you <laughs> to tell the client story of the individual with the website and, uh, and what happened when he bought it out. And then the offer that he got from, I think it was Google. Oh, yeah. Remember that? That story? was amazing. That, that was, was amazing. You got to share this, man. This so I always, I always like to undersell this because if I tell people like that, what you can really do they don't believe me. They might be nice to me on the phone and they go, that's great. Yeah, I'll try. And yeah, they never do cool. it because it, it sounds too good to be true. So I just tell people, look, you can make two grand a month doing something. And they go, well, what do I have to do? And I go, well, I don't know. Let's talk about what your interests are. And so I build a plan as I'm talking to the person. And so this one guy, uh, a client of mine, um, he set up his business and everything. And they came back and he goes, hey, I like your idea on you know getting a business. And I said, well, let's look for something that's two grand a month. So I showed him how to do it. I showed him where to go. I showed him a broker and all that. Next, I didn't hear from him in six months. It was a one call. Six months later, he calls me up and he goes, hey, I got this business. I said, whoa, really? Okay, what'd you get? He goes, well, I bought this online tech company. I paid $200,000 for it. And uh, he told me the story and he said it was his third attempt to buy a business. The first two failed for whatever reason. You know how things go. And he said, I was going to call you after the second one <clears throat> and ask for help. And I, and I realized that I, I, I kind of ant anticipated what you would say. And I think you would have said, go find another one. Right. <laughs> and that, that's why I didn't call you. <laughs> and he goes, and I told him, yeah, you're right. I would have said, go find another one. Don't stop. You know? Right. So, so he did. And so on the third one, he bought it for $200,000. Now the seller lent him 60% of the purchase price and he got a commercial wow. the broker, the broker, cause you have to ask, you just have to ask. And I don't care if the seller is telling you, I won't accept terms, offer him terms. Don't you negotiate, don't get pushed around. Okay. So he did, he got the broker, got him. He used a broker, got him a commercial lender. Now this is different than a bank loan, commercial lender, got the right kind of loan. Now he did have it underwritten with his personal credit. He did have good credit, but that is not necessary. It just made it easier in his case, but check this out. After he closed within a month, the lender was calling him saying, hey, you're going to buy something else. You're going to get another. The broker's calling him, hey, you need some help on another deal? Because they know that once you buy an asset, it's like a drug. You're like, oh, man, that was easy. Now I'm making, this guy was making, what was it, 13000 a month? 
$12,000 a month? Yeah. From day one. From day one. Day one. He bought and an asset with someone else's money, and he didn't spend one dime out of his pocket. It just took him time to do it. Bingo. 12 grand a month. And they wanted to, they wanted to refinance him. Now, remember, it was $200,000. 100% financed. They wanted to lend him $500,000 within six months and not be the personal guarantor on, on the account. Because when you get into commercial lending and you actually buy assets like V is talking about, they want you to do more of them. They're drug addicts like you would be. Okay. Yeah, they want, they want to flip the note, man. They want to, they want to flip baby. the note. They would much rather have a loan that's based on assets that were purchased with the loan than a stupid consumer, as we call them, a stupid consumer that thinks he's, you know, buying an investment when he's buying a home. Right. Yeah. Because I just uh, bought a with, house. It's an investment. <laughs> yeah. With, with personal credit, with personal credit, you have a ceiling on your ability to service that debt. It's it's based on 168 hours in a week. Yeah. But with commercial, there's it's infinite. There's no ceiling, and the lenders know it. And when you show that you've gone to the effort, and I asked him, I said, okay, compare the effort you went to. It took you six months to do this, and I didn't even really coach him along the way. He just I just gave him a, a lead, and he's like, so at 28 years old. And um, I said, what effort did it take compared with getting a mortgage? Because he, he, I'm sure he had a mortgage. And he goes, it was about the same. And so I asked him, all right, so how many people did you talk to along the way? He goes, well, I talked to about 20 people that are like people that I would need to talk to in another deal. And each of them had something to contribute. In fact, even the broker, it was the, the in-house lender or underwriter that he was talking to on the phone, not the broker, but the underwriter. And, and um, when he, he was talking about um, the refinancing, uh, my client asked him, hey, would it be a good idea if I just go and pay off the loan? And he goes, no, man, that's a bad use of capital. Don't tell him I said that, though. <laughs> so this is a banker telling you to not pay off your loan early. This right. guy, this is what I'm telling you. You got to think of this stuff, okay? Net present value is your key, not am I saving taxes, not how many deductions. That's stupid stuff. Right. You want to you buy assets that are based on net present value, and every asset you buy should increase your net worth. Yeah. Absolutely correct. So yeah, that was a, that's an unusual example, but you can do it. And yeah, you don't have to listen to me when I say two grand a month. I mean, two grand a month if you think you need training wheels, but you can do anything you want. Yeah, exactly correct. Exactly correct. Uh, John, best, uh, now you, you mentioned finding business brokers. Is that something you could do on, you, you can Google that, correct? You could just put Google it. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, there's so much you can get searching on the surface <laughs> web. It's, there's no excuse to not succeed, guys. I mean, if you don't, if you need copywriting for a website, let's say you have a great product, but you don't know how to talk about it, you can hire somebody for $100 to write you a sales page on a website for 100 bucks. I've done this before. You've probably done this too. I hired a guy one time. Let's see, it was in like 2004, 2006. Yeah. I hired a guy one time, built a website, had one sales letter. And from that sales letter, I made... $1.6 million. Nice. Nice. Didn't change the letter. <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go. There you go. Yeah. There you go. John, what other tactics, whatever techniques, whatever, what other uh, tips do you have uh, that is in your repertoire of skills that you want to share with the audience? And then as we close this out, we can discuss on how people could contact you um, for a lot of this, to, for this personal one-on-one -on -one business coaching um, and, and, and helping people find opportunities and for the, you know, and anything else, uh, if you guys need funding and whatnot, I could also, you know, we both could actually point people, point you in the right direction. Yeah. 
Yeah, John. Yeah, there's actual funding and resources. And yeah, there's some thinking things through, being resourceful. Um, I, I would recommend a couple of things. Um, one is look for services like Fiverr.com, F-I-V-E-R-R.com. Fiverr's awesome. It is. You just get Love all it. these jobbers around the world that are eager and very good at doing things like copywriting, balance sheet preparation, search engine optimization. I mean, for five bucks to 15 bucks to a hundred bucks, you can even produce a whole commercial for $60 to $250. Yeah. You can have a, a, an actress, an actor, produce a commercial, do a, an unboxing for you. I mean, it's amazing what you can do. Um, but I would also recommend this. If you want to scale something, once you get something in place, I would recommend reading the book that's called The 4-Hour Workweek. Yeah. The reason, the reason thing you want to look at is um, you want to look for uh, examples of how to delegate tasks to do. You don't want to try to do everything yourself because you'll just be buried with things to do. And so every, every one thing you have to do normally for a venture or a project usually requires two or three things to fix. V, correct right. me if I'm wrong in that. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, you're always putting out fires if you're doing this. So you want to minimize your tasks, day-to-day -day tasks. You want to put yourself on a little bit higher level to supervise. And you don't need employees for that. You just need plug-and-play like functions like Fiverr.com or you know, an outsourced phone service, uh, a, a virtual assistant, yep. things like that. Yeah, which is all easy to do, setting up virtual offices and whatnot. And also, it's, it's like I always say this, don't waste your time playing, playing technician. Don't no, right. you know, like right. it, 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 you don't want to be doing that, trying to plug in systems. So you're trying to design. No, everything is so democratized right now. You have the time to do what, what you could, what you could be doing best. And that is selling. You need to be right. selling yourself, your product, your services, no matter what the hell it is. And for sales, people always ask me for sales because anybody who's ever been with me on a business uh, conference call knows I'm an absolute shark a closer. I don't, I don't mess around. <laughs> um, and and oh man, I'm devastated. I mean, you forget it. I'm not even going to go into the into the glory days. But anyway, um, <laughs> people always ask me, "Hey V, you're a savage salesman. You're absolutely savage. You know how to close a deal. You're brutal at it, and you take no prisoners, and you really rough people up. I don't come in there with functions, features, and benefits, and I'm not very nice. Believe me, I get people rattled emotionally. Why? <laughs> you get people emotional, right? And you you, you get them to move, right? You get them to move. You don't want people to sit there and mm -hmm. be analytical and this, that. Nobody wants to hear that crap, right? It, it, it's what's people in it for me. People want to be sold. People yeah, really want to be sold. Otherwise, people want to be sold. And, yeah. and look, here's the thing. You know, every, on every interaction, every human interaction, someone's being closed. Either you're mm -hmm. closing somebody or they're yeah. closing you. Okay? And so people ask Good me all the time, hey, what's the, what's the best thing you could do to, to learn how to sell? I'll tell you right now. The one book, and there's only one book. <laughs> that helped me. I'm not talking about Zig Ziglar and functions and features and benefits and putting on a dog and pony show and being all nice, nice, this, that, and the other. No, no, that's, that, that, that's old school. That don't work. There's only one book that works, and it's called You Can't Teach a Kid to Ride a Bike in a Seminar. You can't teach a kid to ride a bike in a seminar, and it's by David Sandler. That is that book was written probably in like the 90s or the 80s, 90s or so. Uh, it, it, they brought it back into print. And let me tell you, when I was working in the boiler room, OK, during the trading days and stuff, that was the book. That's the book when I would get on a call to close an asset deal. And the guy's like, I don't have any problems. And he goes, well, I don't have any problems. I'm like, well, I don't know what to do with problems. Problems are that your son grows up to be gay and your daughter wants to play football. And I don't know what to do about that. 
(laughs) (laughs) But you get them rattled. You create the Uh, thunderstorm, you push them to the edge, and then you bring them back in. And next thing you know, they're they're talking. And they do most of the talking, and they close themselves. That's the way it is. You have to be able to sell yourself. You have to be able to articulate what the hell it is that you're selling. And don't be over smart. Over smart will get you killed. Overthinking will get you killed. Flow with it. And that book shows you how. Yeah, John. I never heard of that one. I got to write that down. Dude, that book is a, it's amazing. Like, and you'll, you'll see some guys on like the Sandler Institute, you know, doing some uh, sales techniques and stuff. Um, you know, like people say, well, d- does, does your service do this? Does that, uh, if I buy this, does that happen? And, and the typical sales guy, be like, oh, yes, it does. It does do that. And it does that and more. It slices. It dices. It even juliennes. <laughs> but, you know, we don't, we, we, you don't want to do that. If somebody asks you a question, hey, does it do that? I'm like, I don't know. That's a pretty good question. Is that important to you? <laughs> and all of a sudden, you let them yeah. start talking. You know? That's right. That's right. Um, a lot, and don't think because you're a new millionaire, okay, from cryptos, that you don't need to understand this stuff. Because if you come to me with five million dollars, and you don't know what you're doing, and you want to get into one of my projects, ain't gonna happen. I don't care how much money you have. I need to work with people that you know have understanding, right? So it doesn't matter how much money you have. You're still the same person. It doesn't make you smarter <laughs> to have more money. So whether or not you need tw- two grand a month or you want to have twenty-seven million dollars a month. You know, these are basic things you have to understand. Yep, exactly. So once again, folks, uh, I put in the chat over there. You can't teach a kid to ride a bike in a seminar by David Sandler. Uh, folks, the, ty- the, the, you have the chat feature on there. If you guys have any questions, we'll take about three or four questions and we'll close out. Go ahead. Any questions for John? Go for it. And I'll, I'll also put, okay. And uh, John's email is right there, single to press at protonmail.com. And if you guys don't know how to get a hold of me, it's. Last call for questions. All right, I guess that's it. John, closing comments, brother. Well, thank you for uh, doing this. I think we covered quite a bit of stuff. I gave up some trade secrets. So did you. Yep. So, <laughs> <laughs> and folks, if you want to know more, if you want to learn more, it's like John has helped. Oh my God. At this point, several hundred of my clients, um, does, he's done everything for them from finding the, the opportunities, the re, uh, the, the finding the resource to get things done, um, developing cash flow, getting people net positive in, in terms of their cash flow as well as everything from that to asset protection, the whole nine yards. If you want to learn how to build a business and then protect what you have so nobody can take it away from you, John is my go-to guy. So he's an absolute resource and a brain trust when it comes to that, the best I know. And I've met a lot of people, trust me. John is my, my go-to guy, you know. But um, So reach out to him. Uh, if you guys need help on, on the um, on, on developing business credit or how to operate the nitty gritty of banking. <laughs> the last thing you want to do is uh, set up a business account. And they ask you, what do you want to do for? I want to buy a, I want to buy cryptos and gold. <laughs> you don't ever want to say that. They will shut you down in 2.2 seconds. You don't want to do that. You want to, you know, you want to be discreet. And uh, we'll, you know, we'll teach you the ropes on how to do that. We have and a backstory. We have, yeah. have exactly. You got to have yes. a backstory. 
<laughs> and with that being said, folks, we are at the end of the broadcast. I want to thank all of you for joining us today. This will be uploaded to YouTube today. Uh, look for it shortly. I uh, just need to have a process through Zoom. And with that being said, we're over and out. Thank you all for joining.